Hi, this is Amber. Welcome to today's podcast. The channel is Sacred Space Healing and the website is sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that are new to the channel, I'm a Reiki master teacher, shamanic practitioner, and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. These podcasts are here to assist you on your journey of healing, wellness, spirituality, and gnosis. I share my own personal journey and also just stuff that I've picked up along the way as a healer and a teacher and a human being, hoping that this will assist you at this time. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. So hello and welcome to today's podcast. Thank you for all your messages of support. Do keep them coming in. If you want to write in, it's amber at sacredspacehealing.org. Thank you for your donations. Um, Everything that you donate goes straight back into creating more free content. I'm not affiliated to any organization. I'm not being bought off by anyone. So you're supporting an individual on their journey, and that's gratefully received. The donations page is on the website, sacredspacehealing.org. It's also a really beautiful way of giving back if any of the podcasts have assisted you in any way, and you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to at this time. You can subscribe to the channel on iTunes and Spotify and other mainstream channels, and you can also find us on social media. All the links are on the website, sacredspacehealing.org. So welcome to today's podcast, Um, and I'd like to shine a light today on trauma. This is a really large area to look at. So I'm just going to probably dip in and out of it um, in various podcasts. Today's podcast is looking at how to get the right help that you need if you are trying to heal from trauma. So let me share why I was inspired to record this. Today I was online and I saw something advertised. Um, It was a workshop being run by a very new production company, a kind of newbie, um, I think, film production company. And um, the, 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 the marketing said that it was going to be a free space um, online uh, where people could come to discuss and heal and offload their trauma, however big, however small, given what was happening in the entertainment industry and in the world right now. And it was the, no matter how big or small, that was massive alarm bells for me. So I asked this company, who's running this workshop and are they trained in trauma? They gave me the name of someone and said they were a coach. And I Googled them and couldn't find any information about them. And massive alarm bells and red flags, but not my fight. Um, I fear for the people that might join that workshop online because it's free, maybe they're feeling desperate and it's not a safe way to handle resolution or even introduction into resolution of trauma. Now, how am I qualified to say this? So I uh, umbrella all of this by saying, I have not been trained in trauma counselling. I am not a trained counsellor or a psychotherapist. So when I work with clients, if there is deep-seated trauma that I feel they need expert um, assistance with, I refer them on or I tell them this is just going to be too much for us to handle in a spiritual, esoteric, energetic way. However, I do believe that everything has an energy to it And trauma has an energy to it. 
and that there is a lot of work that you can do spiritually and energetically to ease the impact of trauma. I also come with my own story. So I've experienced extensive trauma in my life, both as a child and an adult, on many different levels. It's just been my journey. And my journey through it and navigating my way through it has given me the tools, the experiences, and the knowledge to assist others. But I never claim to be an expert on it. I share my own story often with clients to assist them, not to uh, burden them. And um, the tools that I share, I know work because they work for me. But I also know that we need a very multi-leveled and multi-dimensional approach when it comes to healing trauma. And I just offer one approach, which is the spiritual, esoteric, energetic approach. But there are other ways, physical, um, you know, mental, uh, and so forth. There are many, many ways that we can heal trauma. And that's why I say it's not really something I can talk about in one podcast, but I want to look at how you can get the help that's right for you. So this environment, this, um, this workshop that I saw advertised had massive red flags for me. And this is, and I'm gonna, this is why. First of all, when you work with someone uh, in, in a trauma context, they have to have experience in holding space for you. And if it's a group thing for groups where there are differing levels of trauma. So the, the red flag about this workshop was that they said no matter how big or small. So that's anything from, you know, I've had a bad day today to I was sexually assaulted or someone in my family's died or I was abused as a child. I mean, that's a whole spectrum. You can't open the door to that in a group online uh, and have one person hold space for that with no closing, with no holding. So for any individual going into looking for help with trauma, you have to do it in a space where it is the space is held for you, where the practitioner knows what they're doing, they're trained in it, and they know how to help you navigate through those feelings, those emotions. In healing work, that's not really a requisite because healing doesn't look at it in that way. There's often not much talking about the event. And in fact, what's happening with energetic or spiritual work is that it's about um, the frequency of the event rather than the details. So it's about how, where it's lodged in your body energetically or where it has become a belief system um, or where it is a repeating pattern in you. But it's not the details of the event. It's not reprogramming the mind in any way like CBT is, for example. Um, it's not talking through it. you know. And a big part of healing trauma is a lot of those things, like reprogramming the thought processes and also the talking. You know, I have no disrespect for talking therapy. I think it has a huge role to play in healing. It can be limited in its efficacy because there's only so far you can go and sometimes it can be very self-limiting because you're repeating the same stories. But a big part of talking therapy is um, repetition, And what that does is the individual repeats their story again and again and again and again and again and again. 
until it no longer has a charge for them. That's one of the things that happens. The second is their story is reflected back to them. And um, a healthier story is reflected back to them again and again and again and again and again until they finally accept the new version. Um, there's a wonderful film called Goodwill Hunting with Robin Williams and Matt Damon. And in that film, I'm totally paraphrasing, Matt Damon says to Robin Williams, he's telling him something, he's revealing something that's traumatic. And Robin Williams turns around and says to him, it wasn't your fault. And he says it again and again and again and again and again until he breaks down, until Matt Damon's character breaks down. And in that break, in that breakdown, in that moment, it sort of encapsulates what talking therapy is about, is that ultimately, at its most simplistic, crude level, if you were a victim of trauma, you need someone to say to you again and again, it, it wasn't your fault, you didn't do anything wrong, you are loved, you are safe, until you finally believe it. And that time may never come, but the journey in therapy is the journey to get to that place and to slowly incrementally chip away at the damage that was done in your thought process where the trauma victim believes that the thing that happened to them was their fault. And why do they believe that? Because when traumatic events happen to us that we can make no sense out of, in order to make sense of the event, invariably some of that blame is put on ourselves. Oh, well, if I hadn't, you know, if I hadn't gone down that alleyway, if I hadn't had that drink, if I hadn't um, been a, a naughty child, if I hadn't, you know, we're trying to rationalize madness and abuse is madness. And I once had a therapist say that abusive behavior is actually madness. It's, it's disconnection on the part of the abuser. And because it's madness, the victim, to try and understand it, tries to rationalize it. But it can't be contained or rationalized because it's madness. It's a disconnection. So talking therapy has huge efficacy, but it has to be done in the right way. And the space has to be held. And when all those emotions come pouring out, you know, the individual needs to know that there is a closing down of those emotions afterwards so that they're not in overwhelm. And overwhelm can often happen in talking therapies. Now, how it differs to spiritual and energetic work is the trauma is in the body. You know, so like in shamanism or in Reiki, what I tend to, as a healer, I will see or feel energy, um, pain in the individual's body, whether it's heart in the heart or somewhere else, like a blockage or a darkness. So the trauma can lodge in the body as stuck energy. Um, this can be stuck energy like the emotion that was never expressed, but it can also be the energy of the abuser that gets lodged in the victim. Um, the trauma can also sit in the body like an entity, like an actual being, because over time that energy is formed into an entity or an entity got lodged in the victim for lots of reasons. The trauma could have happened because of ancestral curses uh, or ancestral stuff that just got passed down and was never healed. The trauma could have happened because of, you know, psychic attack or black magic of some kind. Um, and it propelled this individual on a path of trauma that wasn't their destiny. So there's lots of reasons why trauma can happen. 
that can be looked at from a spiritual and energetic perspective. But when an individual goes for a spiritual or energetic healing session, there's very little talking. It's usually just about removing that energy, dislodging it from the body. And once you've done that, that resonance is no longer in the individual. And really, theoretically, they should never experience that trauma again and their lives should change. The only thing that will hold them back then, there's lots of things that could hold them back, but one of the things that can hold them back is their own belief systems, their own thought patterns, the environment in which they live, the people they've surrounded themselves with. Um, you know, all of that needs unpicking. And that's where other skills come in, like counselling or therapy or life coaching, um, physical stuff to keep the body moving, to help the body heal, to feel empowered, to feel grounded and so on. So trauma healing is really multi-layered and multifaceted. And when you're seeking out help for trauma, the most important thing is that you seek out an individual or individuals who are trained in this and have years, if not decades, of experience. It doesn't mean they're better than the next person, but it usually means you're in safer hands. They should be insured. Um, they should be undergoing constant supervision. So they should have a supervisor, a therapist, someone that they see, because it's a heavy load to carry. And if they don't have that, then they can start to leak that dodgy energy, that sort of heavy energy into their sessions. The space must be held for you. So you feel safe, you feel seen, you feel heard. Um, there needs to be a winding down at the end of every session. So you're not left just, you know, exposed with all your emotions. That's not a safe way to end the session. And who are the other people if it's a group setting that you're going to be in the group setting with? What are the boundaries that are set in place for, if it's a group setting, how much information you're going to share? I would never in a million years suggest that if you were experiencing this desire to heal trauma, that you jump onto an online call with a bunch of strangers and a, and a practitioner a facilitator that you've never met and spill your guts, or not even spill your guts, just be in that energy. I would never in a million years recommend that. I would say that if you have experienced trauma, whether in childhood, teens or later years, and you want to address this, that you spend a lot of time doing your research. You know, you Google, I hate using that term, you go, you go on the internet, no more publicity, you go on the internet and you, or you go to the library or you ask around, or you make phone calls and you ask, you know, what... You look at different modalities that could help you, right? And you look at mentally, psychologically what could help you, physically what can help you, um, energetically what can help you, spiritually what can help you, diet-wise what can help you. Because all of it is interlinked. The body goes into fight, flight, freeze or fawn as a trauma response. And they're all very different responses and sometimes they can marry each other. And they all require different yet interrelated ways of healing. And one won't be enough, depending on the severity of the trauma. And only really you know that. You know, body work is incredibly healing for trauma. Massage and reflexology and movement and yoga and dance. Because the body has gone into fight or flight. You know, it's gone into freeze. And um, that lodges in the body as stuck energy and can create sickness and chronic conditions and immobility uh, and pain. 
So that needs dislodging, that needs moving. And it's almost like that story needs to be moved out of the body. The story of the trauma needs to be moved out of the body. But at the same time, when trauma happens, thoughts become solidified as truths when they're not. You know, and uh, abuse becomes solidified as a truth when it's not. And that needs deprogramming, whether it's through counselling or therapy or another form of talk therapy, mental therapy, basically. Similarly, our connection with our higher selves, with God's spirit universe, with a benevolent being that cares for us, can get hugely severed when there's trauma. We lose faith. And that needs reconnecting and rebuilding. How could a benevolent being that watches over all of us allow this to happen to me? Where were they? Where were my protectors? Um, And sometimes trauma has happened in the spirit realm, as in it's a spiritual form of trauma if it was done by someone who was in that world. And that's even more destructive to that connection. Uh, Trauma creates, this can create an inability to relate to others and a need to be alone, yet a desire to be with others, but not knowing how to have that connection because connection feels scary. You know, love feel or loving feelings feel scary, depending again on what the trauma was, what it entailed. So that needs healing. It could have involved sexual trauma. So that needs healing. And sexuality and creativity are very interlinked, as is abundance. And often when they're blocks to abundance, blocks to creativity, it's because there is some kind of sexual trauma or sexual energy trauma that needs addressing. Trauma could have happened pre-verbal. You know, it could have happened from the time of the womb to when someone was a baby. So it's even harder to kind of understand where these feelings are coming from because they were pre-verbal. Trauma could have happened at the hands of someone that you trusted or put your faith in. It could have happened at the hands of someone you loved. Um, it's so complex. So the, the most important thing to do is to really honour you and your healing journey when seeking help. And the paradox is that those of it who have experienced trauma tend to have a very low sense of self, a very low, um, unhealthy way of being with themselves. They'll push themselves to burnout. They won't take care of their needs. Um, they'll say horrible things to themselves in their, in their heads, you know, that inner critic. Um, and they have never really learned how to have high value for self. So this is why trauma victims are so easily manipulated and carry on that in that cycle because they'll keep seeking healers and psychics and therapists and groups and individuals who perpetuate the harm and the, and the abuse that was once done to them. And this will carry on until eventually they wake up and say enough if they ever wake up. And so actually groups like the one I mentioned at the start of the podcast are fodder really, for people who have been abused, because it's just the kind of thing when you've had trauma in your life and you're feeling worthless, that you would put your hands up for and go, oh, look, it's free and um, I can jump on any time. And, you know, anyone who knows, who values themselves would never do that. But we all go through this, these journeys and these experiences um, when, when we've not woken up yet to how much trauma has impacted our lives. So the number one advice is that, really, on finding the right help, is to do your research, is to understand that healing trauma is multi-leveled and multifaceted, is to be specific about what it is you want to heal. You can't do it all at the same time. If you want to work on the body, work on the body. 
and give all your attention to that for a period of time and then say, and now I'm going to do, you know, mental work or I'm going to do spiritual work or esoteric work or creative work, like whatever it is. And know that you can't heal it all. Know that journaling and, you know, doing a group exercise or reading a book is not going to heal it. Know that it is a lifelong journey and you're chipping away. And that it may never go away for you, but you can learn to live with it and it can become your ally. And you can make it your medicine for the world. You don't have to if you don't want to, but it can be your medicine. And that doesn't mean you have to become a healer. It can be your medicine in your art, in your creativity, in your cooking, in your relationships, however you want it to. I think those are the most important things to bear in mind. They're top three, really. And um, navigate well. Navigate well and honour that part of you that has been traumatised. The way you would honour and protect a child or you know, a defenceless animal. Um, Take your time, be mindful, have boundaries, be suspicious of, of, of the individual that you might be working with, ask questions and, and take your time. Um, the final thing to say is that what often happens is people who've experienced trauma just get drawn to the same, you know, the same destructive energy again and again. So there's a whole, there's a whole direction they could be looking in of people that can help them. And they never really go in that direction because it's not an frequency that they're familiar with and there's nothing that can really be done about that because it comes down to the individual's free will I see it a lot with clients Um, they're hesitant and often people come to me when they've not only experienced trauma but they've had a, a series of unhealthy interactions with other healers and psychics and teachers and then they find me and they doubt they doubt that this is going to be the safe space for them. And I know in the beginning when that used to happen, it was so frustrating for me and it was so upsetting because I knew I knew I could really relate to what they'd been through because I'd been through that as well. And it didn't matter how much I said, this is a safe space and I'm going to, you know, I'm here and I'm in my integrity and I'm never going to abuse your trust. They were so damaged by what had happened to them. They couldn't take that leap. And I knew if they just took that leap, their lives would change, the work would help them. And I would watch them go off and choose the same types of healers and psychics again. And often they would justify it and say, oh, it's cheaper with so-and-so, or it's online, or it's... But really what they were doing was just gravitating towards more of the same. And I was offering something that was too different, the energy was too different, and they didn't trust it. And I learned over time, I mean, it took me many years as a healer and a teacher, but I learned that there was nothing I could do other than just say, the door is here. And anytime you want to walk through it or knock on the door or get my attention, we're here. But at the same time, I had to also put in boundaries for my practice and say that at some point, you know, you've got to make a decision. And if you're not, and if it's feeling like it's wrong, then you need to honor that. And I never say that I'm the right healer for everyone because I'm not, because it's about a resonance. And I'm always very honest if I do a shamanic journey for someone and the guidance is this person, you know, you can't help them or you're not the right healer for them, I tell them. It's very rare that I get that. But when I do, I tell people. So the tricky thing is that when we've experienced trauma, whether we know it or not, consciously or unconsciously, we keep gravitating towards trauma. And I share these top three things to consider because I know how painful that can be. Um, and if we can just break that cycle 
we can start to find freedom and our lives can really start to change. The core wound healing program that I offer is based around healing trauma. And that's predominantly the work. Um, and I love it and it's transformative. So obviously if the work calls, check out the website sacredspacehealing.org. Trauma is a very big area to heal. And even in the core wound program, um, I don't offer the solution. It's a step on the journey. It will give people skills and it is transformative. But when our time is done, there is still sometimes more work for people to do in other ways, physically, you know, um, talking therapies, diet and, and, and so on, life changes. I can only offer so much and any healer, any therapist can only offer you so much. Ultimately, the journey is within to empowerment. And what trauma does is it takes away our sense of uh, nobility, our sense of power. And any healing should replenish us and remind us of our divinity and our power so we can get strong, so we can dictate how we wish to be healed. And that's autonomy. And for people who've experienced trauma, their autonomy was often taken away from them. And so the journey to healing and health is autonomy. And it doesn't look, it doesn't have to, it, it looks different for everyone. That's the thing. It's not, oh, you have to have boundaries. You have to think you're a goddess. You have to have, you know, self-care Sundays. It's what it, it's about how it looks for you, your autonomy. So it's individual and we're losing that individuality in the spiritual marketplace. But that's probably another podcast. So the website is sacredspacehealing.org. You can sign up to the channel for more podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. And wherever you are on your journey, I send you much love, joy, peace and abundance. Until the next time.